In scene four of Riverdance, we find a lone piper mourning the great hero of Celtic myth, Cuchulain. The implacable Bronze Age warrior is remembered in this lament performed by Davy Spillane on the Illin Pipes. What a sound, at times mournful, haunting. It was the sound, in fact, that set Leo Schott off on a quest. Leo Schott is a musician from northeastern Pennsylvania who plays saxophone, flute, tin whistle, and pipes. He's had many a session here at WVIA with George Graham in the studios for homegrown music. And to mark St. Patrick's Day, we invited Leo Schott to the studios to introduce us to the Illin Pipes. The word Illin, U-I-L-L-E-A-N-N, is an adjectival form of ilia, which means elbow in the Irish language. So Illin pipes, referring to the elbow-driven bellows, which fills the bag rather than blowing into the bag with the breath. There's two ways of delivering air, a bellows or, or the lungs. So in this case, bellows strapped around the arm and then around the torso and the elbow against the body, filling the bag up. And so that's what you've been doing before we have been talking. You've been really using your elbow right. to, to fill this bag, which is made of... This particular bag is is made of elk hide, but they're made of calf hide, sheep hide, uh, dog hide in the old days. Gore-Tex, these days, for the Highland pipe, water can pass through it, but it's, it's airtight. So for a breath-blown pipe. And it's covered with green velvet? It's covered with green velvet. So I'll just play the drones here for you. Small one is the tenor. That's the baritone. That's the bass. And then all three, which is tuned to the lowest note of the chanter. Okay. So you love the sound. It was really the. Oh, you were... that was those. That was the, yeah. Does it remind you of anything? How do you describe the sound if you're talking to somebody who might not know? Well, people say haunting, people say beguiling, people say a sweet sound. I don't have the words. You... I don't have the words. I, I, I don't know how to describe it. The right person playing the right slow air will tear your heart to shreds, you know. And someone playing jigs and reels, the right person, there's such an urgency to it, you know. An art scene feature from March 2005 with Leo Schott talking about the Illin pipes and giving us a taste of their power to touch us soul deep. Some say the guzhong may have first been conceived as an instrument in China in and around 200 BCE. And it is music that touches Kathy Wong deeply as she performs here at the WVIA studios, telling us the story of how she tried to learn to play the guzhong during the Cultural Revolution when the government stripped all the instruments of their bridges to wipe out the use of the guzhong because the instruments were considered bourgeois. An unforgettable event happened one night when a noted teacher arrived at her family's door 
under cover of darkness, taking an enormous personal risk, he had made by hand something he presented. He slipped Kathy a handmade bridge so she could study and master this instrument. It was then and there that Kathy Wong became dedicated to keeping the Guzhong tradition alive. Kathy Wong and Leo Schott are two musicians who have been selected as part of the inaugural group of rostered artists for the Folk and Traditional Arts Partnership with the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts at the Everhart Museum in Scranton. Kimberly Crafton is the interim coordinator of the initiative, and she introduces us to the project's mission and vision. We at the Everhart Museum have been named as Pennsylvania Council of the Arts partners for folk and traditional arts in our region. And the Northeast region for this particular initiative covers six counties, and that's in the Endless Mountains, both Susquehanna and Wyoming County, and then in the Valley Cities, Lackawanna and Luzerne County, and in the Pocono Mountains, the northern counties of Pike and Wayne. So it's a large region, and of course, so many different cultural traditions, so many artistic you know, heritages that, that are represented, both from the older American folk and traditional arts, but as well as the many, many new cultures that came into our region. We had such an incredible influx of so many cultures going back to the, the beginning of our more industrial heritage and all the way through the present day. We're continuing to be enriched and, and blessed by so many new cultures that are coming to live among us and teach us about their arts and their traditional creative expressions that not only would go into the arts category, but also into food creation. You know, what are the tradition bearers, we call them in the food world, people who are carrying on those beautiful traditions of how do we celebrate life's daily events and happenings through food and through our gatherings. And then we have the traditional arts, which would be, you know, how are we expressing ourselves creatively, but using those techniques and um, those materials that were used long, long ago and that were passed down through generations. So that's, that's kind of what we are doing at the Everhart Museum is we are in our second year as a partner with this wonderful initiative of the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts. And we're reaching out to new people to get involved with us who are continuing these wonderful traditional arts. But we're also now in our second year going to begin some programming so that we can begin highlighting for the public to enjoy and, and for the continued education about these cultural arts. We're going to begin having monthly programs. We're calling it our Second Sundays, a folk arts series, and they will be beginning in March and going right through to the end of the year. And so we're, we're super excited to, to get started with these public programs because that's, that's the fun of it really is to make sure that people get to experience and interact and be inspired by these amazing traditional artists.
And so much of what you were telling us in year one had to do with a kind of survey, creating a roster, mm. just so you all and we all could know who's out there doing this creative work in all mm -hmm. the ranges of experience that you've described. What kind of response did you get? Were you surprised? Well, that that process that you're describing of trying to reach out and find out who's out there, that's a never-ending process. You know, we we had to get it started, and we had to say, okay, here's a certain cutoff date, but it will continue. And we do have rolling applications continuing for that. So you'll be able to find out more about that and, and contact us for additional information on how to recommend people that we should be introduced to. Or if you are a person that you would like to participate in the Folk and Traditional Arts Program, you can reach out. But the response that we got was absolutely lovely. And we have a great many people, uh, about 10 or 12 artists that will be featured in this year's programs that have become our, our core rostered artists. And we have another group of about a dozen people that we are continuing to do what in the folk art field they call field work, where we enter into wonderful conversations with them to learn more about their traditional art and to document their processes and to really kind of focus on what is that defining line. And, and with art, there's always many wavering defining lines of, you know, how do you define folk art versus an outsider art or a contemporary art that's using traditional materials. And, and so there's a lot of interesting conversations that are ongoing, and the response has been wonderful. But again, we're just at the beginning, and we hope it continues to grow enormously and, and richly. Well, I'm sure from what you are saying, you can't wait to do this programming. And so we're in March. What have you decided to do to launch the series? <laughs> well, you know, we have a national treasure in our midst in the way of a tradition bearer of Irish music. And anyone who has come from this region has probably at one point in March been blessed by hearing the music of Leo Schott. And uh, he jokes about having a non-Irish name and being, you know, chided for being the bearer of these Irish traditions. But uh, Leo will be featured in our first program on our second Sunday series for folk arts. So that'll be March 14th at 2 o'clock. We will be airing online. Of course, we can't do in-person programming yet. We hope to stay very attuned to when that is possible. But these will be online programs for the first several. So we'll be featuring Leo Schott, and it'll be each one of these Second Sunday conversations and programs will really be learning not just about the traditional art of the artist, but about the artists themselves. You know, there are many programs about traditional arts all over the world, but only one program about that particular artist and their personal stories about their family background, what their own private inspirations have been, who their teachers were, and what was their journey in this particular art form, and how have they spent their lives carrying it on. That's the excitement, and I'm getting goosebumps as we talk about this, because for each person, it's such a different journey in their art form, but each of these people have spent their lives doing just this. You know, for, for many decades, they have been playing and learning. And, and one of the ways that you can really tell a very deeply trained artist is if you ask them, 
you know, how long did it take you to master this? And they'd laugh. <laughs> I've not mastered it. <laughs> uh, Pablo Casal is one of the finest players of the cello that ever lived in his 90s was asked why he continued to practice eight plus hours a day. And his face lit up and he said, because I think I'm almost getting it. <laughs> this is this is the way we really could tell someone who is has really spent their life doing this. And they would do it whether there was an audience to be performing for or a student to teach. They would continue because there's something in them that must do it. So we'll be learning about Leo's journey down down his own particular voyage with that. Performances and perhaps demonstrations as well? Or- yeah, and, and for each artist, and I can tell you a little bit about the artists that will be featured over the coming months, but for each one, it'll really be partly a conversation, partly a performance, and uh, you know, partly just a, a delving into some of the things that you don't always hear about because so many of them, they're, they're tied in to not only the traditional art, but the place, each traditional art is also somewhat influenced by the place in which the artist is therefore then living and carrying it out. For instance, Leo, you know, lived and grew up in this area, so he has a very particular story to traditional Irish music in the northeastern Pennsylvania region which is not the same story that it would be in another part of the country. And the same with our other artists. You know, where they perform and teach their their art does also influence their story. So it'll be partly hearing about that nuance. Well, then take us on into April and, and as far as you'd like to go. Sure, sure. So coming up, we have Sujata Nair Molas. She is the director of the Kala School of Classical Indian Dance, and she is a wealth of knowledge and excitement and enthusiasm about the deep, deep traditions of this amazing art form and very specific to the classical style of it. So she'll be um, discussing, and because we have the ability to be online, you'll be able to see also many demonstrations of, of different aspects of this. Then we go on to, as we're heading into May, Maxwell, Kofi, Doncourt who is the master drummer and multi-instrumentalist from Ghana, who learned drumming at the knee of his grandfather in their Asante village. He's the founder of Kofi and Sankofa African Drum and Dance Ensemble, but he's also a sculptor who uses traditional materials and techniques for his uh, artwork. So we'll hear a bit about that. Our own Doug Smith, who, in addition to carrying on and performing and teaching for decades now the traditions of Dixieland jazz music, but he's worked terribly hard also to preserve the legacies of those musicians who had gone before him. So he was able to capture and preserve the teaching and the music of so many who he knew would not be with us forever. And so we appreciate all that he did. Um, Then we go on into another country, into traditional Chinese music, with the multi-instrumentalist Kathy Wong, whose story is incredible because she is carrying on and teaching the traditions of music that was forbidden during her growing up in China. So she has a story to tell about how she was able to go back to China and to play this music in this place 
where it was forbidden and the emotional journey that that was. But she's also a practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine as well. So we have in each of these people such a well-rounded exploration of the deep cultures of their traditional backgrounds. Then we move on to Haiti with Bonga, whose full name is Gaston Jean-Baptiste. And he is a master drummer and multi-instrumentalist from Haiti, the director of the Bobo Cultural Center in Haiti. But in addition to being a master drummer who has an unbelievable record of who he has played with, the, the famous names that he has played with, but his teaching is the core of who he is. He lives to teach music and to be involved with the lives of others, to have this music come through them. And he's also a painter and traditional packet maker in the deep tradition of Haiti. And then back to northeastern Pennsylvania again with our own Peg McDade, who is a master weaver and creator of textile arts. And she reminds us so well that through her deep, deep study of the traditional roots of textile arts, there's always a beautiful contemporary artistic importance that she brings forth. So it's an exciting conversation about the textile arts. Before we move on to then Frank Little Bear, who is a cultural educator of Native American traditions and the director of the Red Visions Native American dance team. But he has also been an educator in so many schools and communities around this region for decades, teaching dance, Native flute, and the traditions of hand arts, the beading, the leather work, and just a, a fascinating personal story and always really enlivening and, and educational. And then we move on, and finally, Mona Panda, who is an artist of traditional Indian-style painting. So she's showing the traditional styles and materials used in different regions across India, and the colors and the, the imagery in all of that is just phenomenal. So whether these will all be online as we continue on or whether we'll be able to move to some in-person programming has yet to be seen, but it's an incredible array of the richness of culture that we are so lucky to have here in northeastern Pennsylvania. And, and as I said, this is just a scratching of the surface. You know, this is just a conversation that we want to meet everyone and be able to help bring forth these these rich traditions because they they give our children such a broad range of vision. They remind us how wonderfully, my gosh, the, the range of human expression is what's coming through here. You know, how we, we all sit in our spaces and in your family, how did you express yourself and were there artists in your family? And, and so we will be looking into these deep family traditions and experiences and how different cultures express themselves. And even within a culture, all the different ways of creative expression, it's, it's just, it reminds us how incredible humans are. And when we're, we're in a time when we're forgetting some of those things, this is a wonderful wake-up call to our vibrant spirit that, that we could use some reviving of in these times. So give us the details about connecting then on the second Sundays of each month. Sure. So if you go to the website, www.everheart-museum.org, 
and you click on the Folk and Traditional Arts. The links to these various programs, again, because right now they are links only, unfortunately, but the links to the program with Leo will be there on the Everhart Museum website. We will also have some social media going out, of course, so if you visit the Facebook or Instagram page of the Everhart Museum, you will find it there as well. And, of course, you can always reach me at folkart, that's F-O-L-K-A-R-T, at everhart-museum.org. As you suggested just then, Kim, about how much we all, as not only our region, but as a society, as a culture, we need these kinds of Mm. touching down and, yes, making it new, as you said Peg does so well with her weaving. Yes, do what you do on a hand loom and then incorporate it some fresh way, and that's keeping the tradition alive. Yeah. I think our, our um, our best honor and tribute that we can pay to those that came before us is take the best most connected, and I mean that in kind of a, you know, into our soul where, where we live as, as humanity. Take that most connected tradition and breathe your own new life into it. Bring it into the era in which you live and make it be alive again so that someone who's coming after you will connect to it and they link on. And in that way, you know, when we link on to the generation before us who was linked to the generation before them, then we can be a link in that wonderful chain that carries these traditions forward. And, and that's really, I think, what folk and traditional arts are about, not, not to just memorialize something and put it in the past. It's to honor it, carry it forward, and link hands with someone who will be the future of that same tradition. Kimberly Crafton. Interim Coordinator of the Folk and Traditional Arts Partnership with the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts at the Everhart Museum in Scranton, speaking with us about year two and the opening of a second Sunday's performance and demonstration lecture series. The start is this Sunday, March 14th at 2 in the afternoon online, and it will feature this musician, Leo Schott. to the Illin Pipes, Leo Schott said that it was the sound, it was the sound of the pipes. And then when pressed a little bit more about, well, what is that? How do you describe that sound? He said, some people call it haunting, some people call it sweet. But for him, Leo Schott says, I have no words. I have no words to describe it. It's just that when someone plays a slow air in a certain way, it can slay you. And a jig, and a jig, oh, it can inspire you. Leo Schott, 
this Sunday, March 14th at 2 o'clock online as part of the second Sunday series. And it is a series that will be monthly streamed live online for as long as necessary because of the COVID pandemic. And for more information on the web, everheart-museum.org, everheart-museum.org. And Everheart is spelled E-V-E-R-H-A-R-T, E-V-E-R-H-A-R-T, and also on social media, Facebook and Instagram.